Hi, so welcome back to the Motorasha podcast. Uh, we're glad to have uh, Zen from Zen Engine after a long time. <laughs> so it's good to have you back. Uh, we missed you. We uh, we thought, uh, uh, let's see what uh, what we can throw at you and you can answer. So welcome back, Zen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, one of the things that we've been seeing uh, especially in india is uh, you know people working on a lot of suspension uh, tuning them up not many of them but uh, they are the few you included and uh, we thought we'd uh, come up with a suspension topic for today's podcast uh, so maybe maybe you can just tell us uh, you know what you've been up to with uh, suspensions in particular and then we'll go into the details of what this podcast is about Sure, sure. So the suspension market in the country has, you know, slowly been growing as people have started to realize that the drastic change that a such different good quality suspension or just a setup makes to the ride of the motorcycle. You know, we've had we've had our era where everyone was about exhaust and performance from the engine and getting more horsepower out of it. Now that you know bikes that are coming out of the showroom have more than enough horsepower than people can handle. Now you know people are consciously thinking about okay how do i make sure that i'm making the most of the power that i have rather than thinking about oh how do i get more power right and suspension makes a massive role in that and that is something you know that i focused a lot more towards a small suspension setup can make a drastic difference so we've been working towards that now we've also been trying to bring in suspension manufacturers into the country you know good aftermarket brands like you know bitogo lean skatech and all so the more options we have, the better we can set up motorcycles and so on. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. So I think I think the suspension. I mean, I, just very recently, people have started really. I think that they've been starting to understand the fact that those clickers that are there on their motorcycles, they make such a. I mean, even that one click makes such a big difference to the way the bike will handle or what it does. I think people were just a little apprehensive, and more than apprehensive, they were just a little scared as to what can go wrong if I just. You know mess with that setting so I, that is so true and i think part of it also goes uh, back to the original uh, manufacturer right yeah. there are hardly you know enough uh, education or enough uh, knowledge being spread 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 about suspension by the original manufacturer mm-hmm. they uh, don't even uh, mention too much about uh, maintaining your suspension um, in the service manuals and primarily it is because i feel that even though uh, equipment manufacturers don't know too much about it because suspension nowadays is pretty much outsourced. Even if you pick up a top of the line motorcycle, it is probably going to have suspension from Olin's. Yeah. Right now, Olin's is not going to share its uh, secrets of the trade with the with the Ducati or Aprilia or anyone, right? So the OEM manufacturers don't have too much information. They just go and tell Olin's, hey, this is the motorcycle that we have and it's going to weigh this much and we we are intending this sort of riding for it. What suspension do you you know? Uh, suggest for it and that's how you know it's basically working now yeah. i get a lot of i get a lot of uh, clients who tell me hey man you know the manufacturer has given us these settings and they must have obviously thought of something right when they gave us that settings and i say yeah for the major part that is true i had a i had a client come in the other day who who knows me for a while but he never got a suspension setup he was happy with the stock settings that were there and he came to me and he was like hey man i'm going to the racetrack i just thought you know let's just give this a shot i said no problem come in uh, we did a suspension setup uh, for him, and the first thing he did uh, after he came back, he he said, you know, I know of, um, I I can now know problems which were there previously that I did not know existed. 
Yeah. Because he he never he never felt the improvement. So people just think, hey, this is what I have and this is good, right? But yeah. it can get better. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that is what the people are realizing slowly and steadily. Yeah. Cool. So I think uh, I think the specific uh, thing that I want to get inside and you know uh, focus on is uh, suspension damping. Okay. I mean, I think we all know what a suspension is, but uh, I, I, everybody, there's a misconception that uh, they we call them shock shocks, but I think I think engineers or somebody would call them a suspension damper. Uh, so I'm going to get into the detail of it and then, you know, let's uh, let's get to the a little bit of a history as well. So I think, how did it all start off? Like, what did suspension start off with? So so to get things very clear you, in your suspension, in any suspension, there are two components. Mm. One's your, one is your spring, uh, which can be, you know, a coil spring, which can be a leaf spring, which can be in any different, you know, parameters, right? Which is basically your load bearing uh, component. And then you have a shock absorber or a damper, which controls the velocity. Uh, very clear to understand if you look at a car or a load bearing, you know, like a tempo traveler or something, and it has a leaf spring and it has a gas shock absorber. There's no spring inside the shock absorber. Those are two very separate, distinct components, but they are, they both, form together and form suspension for that vehicle, right? The same logic applies to motorcycles as well. You've got a spring and you've got a damper. It's just that because motorcycles are much smaller, much concise, it's all been integrated very well into a very small little unit, right? Uh, spring and dampers work on two very different uh, effects of the wheel motion, which we will get into later. How this all started is see, a lot of people think that uh, suspension was basically designed to make the ride of a vehicle comfortable which is true to a certain extent ride quality and comfort is always been the secondary role of suspension the primary role of suspension has been to maintain an optimum contact patch of the tire on the road yeah so that you have the maximum amount of grip available right now imagine if we ride a motorcycle which has no suspension which is rock solid right when you go over bumps or when you go over a rough patch, or when you, you know, let's say, put some forces onto your uh, tires, whether it is acceleration or it is braking, right? Those forces have to go somewhere on the motorcycle, right? If it is a rock solid motorcycle, it is going to, the forces are going to be absorbed by the softest part of the motorcycle, which is then going to be your tires, because they are made of rubber inflated by air pressure, right? So then, when those forces go through the tire, the tire is going to squish and, you know, uh, change the shape of what the tire is formed and your optimum contact patch of the tire is going to change. Mm -hmm. If enough forces are put through, you might end up losing all your grip, right? So that was the ideal uh, initial first stage. Hey, we need to do something to maintain the contact patch of the tire, which means in those days where there were, you know, roads were not as smooth. Well, we don't have too many smooth roads now as well, but anyway, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Well, roads were, you know, pretty much bad then and there would be a lot of bumps, bumps, etc. So they wanted to maintain the ideal contact patch and they thought of, okay, let's have the wheel moving up and down on something. And mm -hmm. then that's where the whole spring concept was uh, developed into the automotive industry, where the wheel moves up and down and the tire remains intact as it is. So that's where it all that's where it all started basically. Yeah. So I think I think the example that you have got about is very interesting because I remember uh, old scooters and they would have just a spring 
but that spring would not have any damping. So basically, it would just keep throwing you. I mean, it just keeps throwing you up and down. That's it. Every time you hit a bump, it just you're just going up and down. But then I think that was the concept of feeling. Uh, you know, the bouncy feeling was the fact that it made you feel that you're riding. You know, it's comfortable. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's I think that's where you know damping really started off coming into it. Um, so yeah. let me. Then I think I think you should be able to answer this one. Then, uh, so why does a suspension really need to be damped? Like just a very simple answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very simple answer, so that the rider gets a um, concise feeling, or um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Consistent, mm-hmm. a consistent feeling from the motorcycle. That yeah. is what basically damping is for. See, I can give you a spring, mm-hmm. and that is going to be comfortable. That is going to maintain an optimum contact patch with the with the road. But you as a rider will not know what the motorcycle is going to do. One, and two, the load on the tire is always going to be changing because of the bounciness of the spring. The load on the tire is going to keep changing uh, by high and low. So if you are in the middle of a corner, your tire is going to grip, slip, grip, slip, grip, slip because of the motion of the spring. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. As vehicles started getting faster, engineers realized this that uh, you know this bouncy motion of the spring is not really good for uh, confidence of the driver or the rider and basically the the speed of the vehicle. So uh-huh. then they started introducing a way to control the bounciness of the spring. It is very good uh, of the spring to absorb the initial bump. But once it has absorbed the initial bump, we want it to come down to a stop as soon as we can, so that the rider feels consistent with what the motorcycle is doing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's uh, let's cut to a bit of technology in damping. I mean, today, what is the uh, where are we when it comes to damping, and you know where you know what have you seen that is uh, real state of the art damping? Because I'm guessing there's I mean, it's evolved over how many years? Just the fact that you know we are coming into damping systems to suspensions. So where it's are we now? now? Yeah. So where are we now, right now? And what you know, what do we look at? Like, if I look at a suspension, and if I see something, and you know, can I figure out that's a that's that's a damping? You know, is there a unit there that tells me that there's something happening there? So the the state of the art system. Which which is not really you know the most uh, modern uh, like it's not something which has come about late of late it is it has been in works for you know a past couple of decades right it is the gas pressurized damping system so basically what that does is it keeps your damping system constantly under a pressure right you will see these monoshocks which have like a cylinder at the end and you will hear uh, these terms as gas charged shocks mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So these systems keep your uh, damping oil or fluid, whatever is being used, under a constant pressure. Mm -hmm. That allows the system to move from a complete standstill. Let's say that you know uh, the suspension is not moving at all, right? Mm -hmm. And once it starts to move, that initial bit of movement, there is always a jerk involved, right? Whenever you try to move, let's say even if you try to open a nut. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to open a nut, the initial movement has a jerk, and once it's free, then it starts to move. Right. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. about it microscopically. The suspension works on the exact same thing. As soon as you initiate a movement in the suspension, that first initial bit will have a jerk to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now this is obviously happening in microsecond, but it makes a difference. Yeah. So these gas-charged systems 
pressurized systems ex- try to eradicate that little jerk and then there is you know fluid cavitation and a lot of other things that go into it but if you see a gas charged shock now the technology has evolved up to a certain ex- extent where even you know the cheaper quality shocks and everything have these gas charged uh, systems but the state of the art systems have taken it to another level like there are front fork cartridges which are now gas charged oh, so there's oh. a cartridge which goes inside the fork which has a gas charge unit built in Mm-hmm. Nice. Inside. Wow. Interesting. Right? So all of that is like really. That is what I would say in terms of damping. That is what is right now state of the art. So, so the I mean the the cost is endless. That's what you're saying. It always is in the sport <laughs> that we are, buddy. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> it's never endless. <laughs> it's not endless. Okay, it is endless. Okay, so here's something that even I had experienced, and I was reading somewhere that. uh damping again it's compression and rebound yes i know we all we have we know now those are the things uh what do you think is the more important one is it compression damping or is it rebound damping um i would say that both of them from from a guy who tunes suspension both of them are equally important uh, it is much more easier to tune rebound than it is uh, compression and there are multiple reasons for that but as a rider 90% of what you feel on the motorcycle is going to come from rebound mm-hmm. yeah which is why rebound is given more importance also that and also because it's easier to tune yeah right which is why the rebound is given more importance but both of them are equally uh, important so compression basically controls the speed of the shock or of the suspension in the compression stroke where it is compressing so the initial part of when you hit a bump right when you go over a speed breaker the initial part compression controls that rebound controls what happens after it got it so rebound is very predictable because you know that this is the spring rate that i have this is the spring that i have right rebound only controls your spring extension mm. right the forces that go on to rebound damping are only the spring forces so you mm. know exactly what forces they are and that is why you can control them mm. compression on the other hand you have no clue because it depends on how sharp the bump is how hard or how at what speed are you going to hit that bump what sort of effect is that going to have on the motorcycle based on how heavy the motorcycle is are you on the brakes are you on the throttle so yeah. compression is something which is very tricky and you can never get it absolutely perfectly right for every scenario yeah yeah right yeah, but... so i would say from a tuner's point of view both are equally important from but from a rider's point of view i would place more importance to rebound for example if i have to choose the suspension and if you tell me hey zen yaar i have a suspension which has compression damping and i have a suspension which has rebound damping which one should i buy mm. i will tell you hey man if you don't have an option of both just buy the rebound one because that's going to make a bigger difference for you as yeah. a rider yeah so even i was reading somewhere the same thing which was uh if whenever you feel that the harsh there's a harshness to your motorcycle suspension they keep telling you to start with the rebound instead of touching the compression first and right. i think the the logic is that uh, you want it to uh, come out and go back in so if you really if you've really tuned in your you know rebound compression basically it's just going to pack and not let it you know not come Correct. out to let the spring work so like Correct. i said i think like i think they i mean for me also i think personally as well i feel that the rebound damping is a more more important aspect to uh, your suspension and how you want it to feel definitely cool so if if i was to ask you 
what is an ideal suspension setup and is there an ideal suspension setup hey you want me to give out uh, the tricks of my trade huh? oh yes <laughs> no i'm going to adjust it like the way you do because i know it's a i know how difficult it can be and yeah i don't i, I think it's such a dynamic thing so that's why i'm asking you is it definitely definitely so there is always there is always an ideal uh, suspension uh, setup mm-hmm. uh, having said that there's an ideal suspension setup for a particular rider in a particular scenario Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. change any of those components, you change the rider, the setup has to change. You change the scenario, the setup has to change. So you go, you take a rider, you take the same motorcycle per se, and you mm-hmm. take him to a racetrack, and you take him to a dirt track. Those mm-hmm. two two places are going to have two separate ideal setups. Same suspension, same motorcycle, same rider, mm-hmm. but they are going to have separate setups, right? You take the same motorcycle, same rider, even if uh, let's say that we take two riders and we say both of them are of the same weight. right same race track same motorcycle two different riders same weight mm-hmm. they're still going to have separate setup based on how their riding style is got it yeah so there is an ideal suspension setup yes uh, it's probably somewhere in narnia written in some books or something for everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know the best that we can do is try to get close to what that setup is yeah yeah i mean i i i i feel that you just the suspension is such a basically it's an investment and it's your insurance as well so it's something that can save your life also and yeah. uh, it's something that i mean more than comfort i think it's just an insurance to i mean there's a lot of things that there's a lot of time you see people just flying over speed breakers or potholes and the bike right. has just flipped somewhere right but i think right. that's something that uh, we realize after you start having a good setup bike that you know, the, the fork will come out at the right see, time after after the, con- the last topic that we just had i will mm. i will say that you know there is all obviously an ideal setup but that ideal setup is always going to be a bit ahead from you because wherever you are you are always going to be chasing that ideal setup let's mm. say that you know i go to the racetrack tomorrow and i find i do a couple of uh, sessions tuning and i find a very ideal setup and i say wow this is this is brilliant right once i do that i do a couple of sessions i have now because of the extra confidence that i have gained from that setup i have developed myself a little bit more as a rider now i have become faster now the suspension has to keep up with me mm-hmm. so i have i have a new ideal setup which is a bit more ahead so the ideal setup although it's very good to have in your mind the main thing that what we want to do is get the basics right mm-hmm. if our basics of you know sag and damping and everything are true they are correct that is what is going to make 80 85% of the difference for you yeah the last you know tuning is probably going to make a 10 15% difference but 80 to 85% is just the basics of suspension yeah so i'm not going to take your tuning job away but what do you think of <laughs> electronically adjusted damping on suspensions i mean i think the now the top of the line adv bikes are coming with those right So, what do you think of this? Because it seems like the 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 calculations that it does is is very frequent, like in milliseconds so, or in seconds. So, I'll I'll tell you what, right? The the theory of damping, whether it is electronically or manual, mm-hmm. is identical. Yeah. Right. Uh, the theory on which the damping system works is identical, which is why I did not mention electronic damping before. Mm-hmm. Electronic damping is like uh, let's let's say that there is a a genius suspension guru sitting on your inside your motorcycle while you are riding it mm. 
Mm-hmm. He is constantly evolve, evaluating everything you do, like probably a million times a second, something like that. And he's sitting there with a the screwdriver on your suspension adjusters and making adjustment changes by the millisecond for you. Yeah. The system that is working is exactly the same. It's just that he is there. He's constantly changing it based on your riding style, based on the forces you're putting on the motorcycle, based on the environmental conditions, and a lot of other factors depending on how advanced the system is. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now. this for me for someone who rides a lot on the race track um this is something which takes away a little bit of the confidence uh, for for me it could be that i am you know maybe i'm old school i'm to analog and i need to adapt to this uh, sort of new suspension technology mm-hmm. but for the race track i want a motorcycle that behaves very predictably yeah. i want it to behave exactly as it did in the last lap at that very corner if it's going to behave differently i am not going to be able to develop the confidence which is which is why i also think you know the moto gp and world superbike they are not shifted to electronic suspension yeah yeah right i mean um, i think our conversation i can bring back the abs to non abs and people who ride on like you see people who ride on track or even yeah. you know motocross riders is i mean they want to have that real feel of you know the 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 front tire the rear tire what it's doing uh, so like i said i think this is a i mean basically this is a cheat <laughs> yeah. but having having said having said that having yeah. said that for majority person of the people who are going to ride on the road yeah. and who are going to see a 100 different scenarios especially on our road like you can have like a cemented road you can have like a broken patch you can have like a good tarmac road all in a span of let's say 5 kilometers right yeah so if you are going to be riding in those sort of scenarios having that uh, suspension setup which constantly evolves with the riding scenario with you i mean that is such a such a uh, god gift that has been given to you right you don't need to worry about too much yeah uh, with with the setup but on the other hand it needs to work well if yeah. it does not work well it can have the exact opposite effect yeah yeah you know i think i think you bring back a very i mean it's for me it's uh, satisfaction So yeah. my own bike, what I do is when I'm riding, if I know that it's just gonna be a straight flat, I I have my folks, you know, those clickers right in front of me, and I have that. You do that one adjustment while you're riding, and you know that the bike behaves completely different. You know, you want to stiffen right. up the rebound, you want to stiffen up. So there's just a sense of satisfaction for me, which is, hey, you know what? I know what I'm doing, right. <laughs> and I know the bike is gonna behave better when I yeah. do this. But like you said, I can keep. like if if i had no distraction on the road i think i can just keep changing it uh, for you can keep changing it every scenario of how the road is yeah, yeah. and it feels so much better cool. do you have anything else to finish off with <laughs> um see i mean i always uh, encourage people to you know fiddle around with their own uh, suspension and uh, you know try to see what what sort of a difference it uh, makes um, right but uh, Uh, what i i read uh, an article somewhere where i think it was uh, rossi's uh, suspension uh, engineer right and rossi on some track came in and he was just not happy with the suspension and he was like you know hey it's not feeling right i don't like it and so on and so forth and for the first few times the suspension engineer made some serious changes and he they all obviously have a lot of data to look at right they can see a big massive amounts of data they can see what the rider is doing what the bike is doing and so on So the engineer had a hunch, and the next time Rossi came in, uh, 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 the engineer said, "Hey, man, you know the suspension is good. You just need to, you know, just ride right. a little bit differently, <laughs> right?" And obviously yeah. Rossi did not like that. Yeah. Right. So 
the next time he went out he came back in and he said no man it's not working right the suspension he said okay i made a change just go out again and mm-hmm. i made so and so change and the bike is going to behave this way right mm-hmm. and he went out again and he came in like yeah now the bike is working very well well a few years later so suspension engineer confession said i made no change yeah the bike was exactly <laughs> the same yeah right and i have done this with a few clients uh, in the time that i have been tuning suspension and it make it it does apply like if i am confident that you know it's not the bike it's the rider i will tell the rider hey i made this change it's going to feel drastically different and they come back and they tell me yeah man this really worked mm. right so although i want everyone to experience the change that it that you know adjustable suspension makes uh, we need to keep in mind that we we should first evaluate ourselves and see okay man are we capable of understanding all the changes that it that the motorcycle makes yeah yeah right so first get the get the basics of the suspension right right the more we read the more we learn so the more that information we have the better we can tune so invest time and in not just not just adjusting suspension but reading and studying about it So yeah. I can have these conversations with more people basically. <laughs> <laughs> Your story is the 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 story that you have just said before that's very interesting because I do that with a lot of my friends uh, who have these things of hey is my handlebar crooked? Yeah yeah. I mean even if it's crooked and you can just tell them no it's not and they'll they'll ride it and they they'll be like, yeah yeah it doesn't feel crooked. So yeah, yeah. there's it's yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of mental on motorcycles I guess. <laughs> right. Cool well always a pleasure having you Zen on our Always been podcast. a pleasure. You know while we've been wondering for a long time what do we talk about next? Yeah no I I I think we've got some really interesting conversations to throw at you and uh, seems like you've got an answer for all of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah thanks thanks so much and uh, yeah, welcome, let's catch up with me uh, whenever yep. we can. Yep. Sure. Thank you. Most welcome buddy. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I want to hear your stories, your motorcycle experiences, what you've been doing and how motorcycles have made your life better. So if you have something to say, DM us on Instagram uh, and I'll be more than happy to get you on this podcast. <laughs>